Welcome, everybody, to this SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you on the Sports Gambling Podcast Podcast Network. And we're brought to you by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code NFCBEAST. That's right, NFCBEAST for 15% off active until the Eagles and Giants lose their first game. What is going on, everybody? And welcome into the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Monday, October 24th, and we are getting ready for that Monday night game between the New England Patriots and the Chicago Bears. Right now, it's crazy. The Patriots with Mac Jones back under center, eight and a half point favorites. It opened up as, as six point favorites, and it's just gotten bigger and bigger as the news of Mac Jones coming back has come in. Dave, where are you at with this Monday night game? Yeah, I think it's going to be a bad one. Um, we're gonna, we had a good Thursday night game, which is great. Um, but they're saying it's a 60% chance of rain, going to be some wind. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to put a change.org petition out there. Chicago Bears, you need a, you need a stadium that has, that has a roof. <laughs> At least a retractable one, right? Just At something. least a retractable one. I mean, I don't care if you put a tarp over the thing. I mean, something. It well, is, I did hear not good for football, and it's and there's it's no way it's making your team better as your record for the last decade or two has shown. <laughs> well, I did hear the Tennessee Titans are looking at a new one, and they're looking at making a dome in Tennessee of all places, right? You might need it for what two weeks out of the season, if that. So take notes. Get with Chicago. the program, Chicago. Take that's notes. what that's what it sounds like. <laughs> All right, so I mentioned one prop bet. We got eight and a half point favorites for the New England Patriots. So, Dave, you got a couple prop bets that you really like going into Monday night? Yeah, with the weather. I mean, we've seen this before with the New England Patriots. Last year, they had a really bad game, and Bill Belichick wasn't going to go out there and, and throw the ball 50 times. In fact, he only threw it three times. And so um, 28 and a half passing attempts for Mac Jones. I'm going to take the lower. Justin Fields, we saw what he did in the rain. I mean, minus a, a fluke play, he would have threw for like 50 yards. So I'm at 164.5, I'm going to take the under. And so I know that taking the unders is not always comfortable, and that's not always where people go. But here's where I'm going to go the higher. Well, if you're going to be lower on the passing, you're going to be higher on the, the running. So higher than 13.5 rushing attempts for David Montgomery. Higher than 39.5 combined yards for Khalil Herbert. So 39.5 rushing plus receiving. And then I'm going to give Devontae Parker two and a half receptions. I think he can get at least that. One nice thing about Sleeper, if you guys don't know that, I know these all have a half. But if they ever have a prop that is an even, like a four or a five, it is, there's no half, then you if it, if it hits, it'll push it'll give you a white instead of a red or a green. And then, so if you have like, let's say you had four X and you, one of those is white and everything else is green. You'll still get paid out for three of those. So yeah. it's cool that sleeper does that. You know, they don't just give you the wash, even though Najee Harris got four exact catches the day I did it. Um, so I was like, Oh, cool. 20 bucks. Nice. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, those are the ones I'm going to go with uh, anything else for you. Yeah, I'm going to go a little contrarian, and I, I feel like there's still going to be a little bit of opportunity. We've seen the Chicago Bears start to throw a little bit more here as of recently, and even in a windy game, two catches is not a lot for one of the top targets the last couple weeks in that Chicago Bears offense, and that's Cole Komet. I'm going to take the over on the two receptions for Cole Komet right now, mainly because they're probably going to keep it close to the line of scrimmage at this point, not be airing it out to Darnell Mooney, who 
depending whether I was really kind of leaning in that direction. And because he's at three and a half, a lot of his stuff is way down the field. I don't see that happening. And then my other one is Ramondre Stevenson for very similar, but instead of doing rushing, I'm looking at the receiving and the line right now is only 15 and a half yards on underdog. So I just, that's one catch for him. Uh, that is, that's easy money. Just like you're talking about the rushing upside of Khalil Herbert, 39 yards, 39 and a half. That's one break breakaway run for him, which we've seen him do a number of times. So I'm going to look for those two really low numbers, like you said, in this, in this windy game that we've got coming up later on. And those are the two that I'm really looking at. Yeah. Look at, listen to these uh, props. You have Dante Pettis, one and a half receptions, <laughs> 20 and a half receiving yards. Cole Komet, two catches. 22 and a half receiving yards. Equinemia St. Brown, 13 and a half receiving yards. Vilas Jones, four and a half. Yep, yep. Four and a half receiving yards, not catches. And then Darnell Mooney, he's going to have a huge game. Three and a half receive, three and a half receptions for 45 and a half yards. I yep. mean, it's just ugly. And the Patriots side is not much better. You got Devontae Parker, two and a half for 30, 31 and a half yards. Jacoby Myers is the, the top dog, 40, four and a half receptions, 54 and a half receiving yards. Then you have Johnu Smith, 11 and a half. Why would they, why do they pay that guy? <laughs> 29 and a half for receiving yards for Hunter Henry with three receptions. Tyquan Thornton, 29 and a half. And then Nick Folk, two and a half extra points. I kind of like that one. Yeah. See, I'm only, you start to think, okay, Justin Fields, he's, He's been using his legs quite a bit. He's in a windy kind of game. Is he going to be getting out? His rushing line is uh, 43 and a half rushing yards. That's pretty solid, especially when you're looking at him getting anywhere, you know, pretty close to 10 attempts a game right now. Now we've seen that 10 attempts turn into very little yardage, and we've seen that 10 attempts return into 100 yards. So it's pretty volatile, but I, I take this chance against a not great New England Patriots defense. So awesome. All right, well, look, we had a ton of injuries in week seven. Some big key players, players we were excited about in contending situations, players that we as rebuild teams were like, yes, I hit on this guy. And we're going to get into that. But before we do, let me tell you about WinBet. Think of joining WinBet, bet $100 and get a $100 free bet. WinBet's biggest winner's club Whoever hits the biggest parlay on win bet odds gets a $1,000 free bet. And talk about DGENs only. That is truly hashtag DGENs only. Plus, you can use the win bets, build your own bet to build some amazing same game parlays. I did it yesterday. I had a little four-legger going on. Pretty low risk, but paid out about 55 plus 5,500. I was ecstatic about it. So win bet is the best place to do some of those same gay parlays. They make it very easy. And all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet so that they know we sent you. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, and the Sports Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by YouTube, and they are giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed LT. That's Lawrence Taylor LT, the original LT, or an autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. The contest is completely free to enter. So subscribe at youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Again, that's youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to enter. So make sure you comment on multiple videos. All these that you're watching, throw that comment in. Make sure you turn on your notifications so you don't miss any of the SGP contracts. And we will be sure to let you know when we pull that winner. So again, go to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast and comment on a video for your chance to win an LT or Lawrence Taylor or Brian Dawkins autographed jersey. All right, Dave, we alluded to it, man. A lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. Let's start with probably one of the most heartbreaking ones. We've seen this player come on and absolutely smash the last few weeks. We saw it coming. He was quite possibly the 101 in your rookie dress, and that is Brees Hall, fear of the torn ACL. It does look like that's been confirmed. 
Dave, where are you at with some of these injury pivots? Are you interesting, interested in Ty Johnson? Are you interested in Michael Carter? Are you shipping these guys away? What are you doing with Brees Hall? How's this situation playing out for you? Yeah, I'm looking at the list, and I'm pretty sure you can cre- you can definitely create a fantasy lineup with the list that Ari Mirov put out for the injuries. And there's probably a couple other guys that he left off because couldn't fit it all in one one tweet. Um, with Brees Hall, I will say today I, I threw it. I, I have Brees Hall. I'm a contender. I said, guys, I need a running back. Any any running back? First thing I get a uh, uh, Brees Hall and Elijah Moore for a first. And so I hope it's a late first, but if it's a mid first, then obviously that would not, not be the deal. And I'm just, you know, it's a short term thing. I'm, I don't, not interested in Michael Carter. Elijah Moore is interesting, but I just can't give up a first for those two. Um, I don't know about you, but that's, that's where I'm at. Would you go be trying to acquire Michael Carter now that he is the incumbent starter? No, because I'm still not 100% sure what that situation is, right? They they liked Ty Montgomery coming into the season. We saw him get some work last season sharing the backfield. But now it's it's just questionable, right? And we've seen some explosive plays with Michael Carter when Brees Hall was the, the starter. It's just not enough for me to warrant giving up a first-round draft pick right now. At best, I could do is maybe a mid-second for Michael Carter because it, it, he's a half-a-year rental. Well, right, Michael so. Michael Carter did really well when it was Mike White and Joe Flacco because they were just giving him targets all over the field, and they thought his name was Austin Eckler. Yeah. Zach Wilson doesn't <laughs> play that game, and it's just it's not Michael Carter is not between the the tackles running back. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets brought someone in. They're a good football team, even though they've lost there's a lot. They also lost Elijah Vera Tucker, another lineman. They're down yep. four linemen now, but. You know, they could be a team that goes in and gets Cam Akers. Cam Akers was being he's being shopped with multiple teams. Cam Akers was offered in the in a trade for Christian McCaffrey. They offered, you know, multiple picks plus Cam Akers and the Niners ended up getting Christian McCaffrey instead. Um, and you could see Antonio Gibson moved if they really want to move on from him. Um, there's you know, other running backs. Obviously, we we know the situation in, in Denver where you know they just toss Melvin Gordon aside. Um, you know, you could see things happen, especially with the, all these different teams that are kind of, that are realizing like this, this is, uh, it's time to think about next year. Yeah. And I, I think I struggle with them going after some of these guys who are still on rookie deals, right? Antonio Gibson, uh, Cam Akers, right? They're going to be looking, they're going to have these guys in, in the backfield for the next couple of years. Obviously they're going to seed all that work to Brees Hall when he comes back. So I look more at what are the opportunities out there for folks that are free agents next year that they can just lock in for the rest of this year and give some tra- some draft capital away. And I feel like Kareem Hunt would be a great fit for that offense. He's a free agent next year. They don't have to worry about that payout next season with him. They can bring back Brees Hall and, and roll out Michael Carter. Uh, you know, these ACL injuries are what, about 10 months to, to first playing time again. So he's going to be on track for at least the start of the season next year. Uh, hopefully everything goes well. Uh, it is slight from what I saw. It was slight meniscus injury uh, with the tear of the ACL. So not anything as serious as what we saw Javante Williams take. Uh, so we expect his his recovery time to be a little bit less. But I do think they might look at more of the veteran to put into play there. The, that offensive line, to your point, is in pretty rough shape. I mean, Zach Wilson was a few plays away from like negative 60 rushing yards because he was running 20 yards in the opposite direction, trying to get away from some pass rushers. And while he was successful this week, I don't expect that to be the case every single time that he does that. And he's going to take some massive hits and they're going to get out of that running game a little bit earlier than maybe they have been, they have here recently. So I, I just don't know that there's really that great of things to come for Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, anybody else that they bring into that backfield. So I'm probably looking to move these guys for anything I can get right now in that sell high, right? If you can get a late yeah. first for Michael Carter, smash that, right? Take that first and go on. Yeah, and I mean, what I was offered was Elijah Moore plus Michael Carter for that late first. Yep. And I would put a hunt in that category. Um, The, the nice thing about and Gibson or Akers, they're not expensive. 
Um, so even if you have them and you, you know, you could, you could keep them on the roster next year and move on. It, it'd be right. easy to move. And none of them are going to cost a lot. And Hunt, I put them in the same category as, you know, a, a short-term rental, all these guys. And so I listened to injury podcast today and they said that Brees Hall should be back by week one, but he shouldn't probably not going to be full strength. He'll probably more kind of like, uh, like Gus Edwards, where you see him at full strength, you know, week six. Um, so they chose to bring, you know, bring Gus, Gus Edwards back later than J.K. Dobbins. Uh, but with, with, you know, with uh, Hall, he could play, but he's probably not going to be full strength till you know, week four or five. Um, Cause it's more of a, you know, that's, that's more on the, uh, it's nine to 12 months and that'd be more on the, the 12 months. Cause that's where he got hurt. Yep. All right. So let's move on to a, a group of wide receivers that got hurt here. And we're looking at Mike Williams taking an ankle injury and DK Metcalf, which I think had everybody kind of gasping a little bit there with that knee injury carted off, you know, pretty, pretty fearful situation in the grand scheme of things for those of us who are DK Metcalf owners. And both of those things came back with really what sounds like good information. Both x-rays were negative. They don't even think Mike Williams is as a high ankle sprain right now. And DK Metcalf, like I said, his x-ray was negative. So probably looking at a two or three week absence for both of those at, at, you know, worst case scenario. So where are the pivots here? If you're a Mike Williams or a DK Metcalf owner, in Seattle or LA. Yeah. Um, so I'll start out with, I think the easiest one and, and that's Josh Palmer. Um, so Josh Palmer is someone that you can actually go after and, and redraft. He was out this week due to concussion. He should be back. Um, you, you, you also get the bye week. So I believe they're on by this week. So he's going to be easy to pick up. He's not someone that everyone's going to go after you have to pay a ton of fab, but if you're sharp, you're a sharp roster manager, you're going to want to get him. And you're going to have to sit him on the bench, but then you're not going to have to worry about benching the rest of the year. Um, you know, Keenan Allen came back and he took himself out the rest of the game. So I don't know how much I can trust him. Um, yeah. And then for the, you know, for Seattle, I think Lockett becomes a more consistent play. Uh, I think he's someone that you can play. And then, um, you know, Marquis Goodwin, it's two weeks in a row. You got to look at him in your deeper leagues, but if not, I would just think they're going to probably just run Kenneth Walker to the ground. I'm going to cut you off because I just saw something come across my phone. The Jets are trading for James Robinson, running back, prior running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Travis Etienne, if he wasn't already way up in your rankings, is even higher right now. And James Robinson, we saw what he could do in those first three or four weeks with the Jacksonville Jaguars when he's given the opportunity he could be an excellent play here. He's a good receiver. He's got good hands as well to fill that Brees Hall role. So, Dave, kind of that instant reaction. Where are you at with James Robinson? Is this a guy? We talked about Michael Carter. Would you be willing to move that first for James Robinson right now? No. Um, <laughs> I'm not moving a first for James Robinson, but I do like this move, and I, I need to go laugh at Hitman because I'll show you the text message. But I, 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 he threw me Michael Carter. He said, I'm glad you didn't accept Michael Carter in a second for Leonard Fournette. And I was like, why? Michael Carter stinks. Yeah. Um, and then he took the trade away because he was mad. Um, so no, Hitman was mad. J James Robinson to the Jets is very interesting. And it's right in line with what we're talking about. Like, that's yep. exactly what we're talking about. And I was going to come in today and give you some kudos. I know I always give you some crap. And I do, <laughs> I was going to have Jamar Chase call into the show. Just to, oh, you, know, nice. you know, laugh at you a little bit, but you traded ETN for Harris. Harris did look better last night, but ETN has these look really good. And I think if, like you said, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, if people were to look at it in two weeks, is it going to be the same? And I think it's more even now, and probably yep. more towards the Travis ETN. And now with James Robinson out of town, it's even more. And so Snoop Connor is the backup for ETN. Yep. That's interesting. Rockwell Armstead is there as well. But yeah, if you didn't trade Michael Carter, it's too late. It's too late. That is a, wow, that's, yep. a, that's a fun trade. That's a fun trade. And right along the lines that we're talking about with the kind of the guys like Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, and I just didn't think of Jay Robinson. Yep. No, that's, and that's a, for those of you who held on to James Robinson, 
two weeks ago, everybody was screaming at you like you missed your cell window. You missed your cell window. What were you doing? You should have moved him. It was evident ETN was coming over. Now you've got a little bit, you've got more of a cell window now. So if you are still the James Robinson owner, Dave, from a dynasty perspective, let's say you're contending roster and you've got James Robinson. He was a flex play. He was sitting on your bench. Is that a guy you're looking to hold on to and plug in on a weekly basis now? Or are you looking to kind of cash in a little bit and find a competitor that may need James Robinson and get some value out of him right now? With all the injuries, I highly doubt you have that option. No. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there. If you do, yeah, I think that this that you go and move something because if you're even if you're a contender, if you have anything that's like an extra piece, like use James Robinson plus a, your third receiver to get a better receiver because somebody yep. else needs that. Or go get a draft pick for James Robinson and then trade that draft pick plus a receiver to upgrade your receiver or your quarterback or your tight end. Like that's all I'm doing. If I am flush at running back and James Robinson is my sixth running back, fifth running back, but if he's your third running back, please do not think that you're safe. <laughs> this weekend <laughs> yep. taught you anything. Sorry. You are not safe. Nobody's safe. That's right. That's right. Our case study on Thursday night is an example of that. The team had three or four solid running backs. James Robinson was the fourth. Now you lose Mike Williams. So how do you package some of those players together to move up and get a better wide receiver? I love where your head's at with packaging him with another player to get really kind of a stud if you can pull that off. So I love it. Breaking news on the show. That's awesome. I'm glad we were able to kind of talk through that. And to get back on DK Metcalf and Mike Williams, we talked about DK Metcalf with that knee injury, Mike Williams with that ankle, neither of which we believe to be pretty super serious right now. So a few weeks out at best or at most, you talked about the guys that I was going to bring up, one in Joshua Palmer, who was really getting work with Mike Williams on the field and going to just continue to see probably more of that work. Now, I know DeAndre Carter seems to really be a guy that Justin Herbert likes, but the skill set's a little bit different between the two. So I, I think jo Joshua Palmer is the, the primary benefactor to Mike Williams being out for a few weeks. And then I also, I, I don't know that Tyler Lockett's going to see much change in his performance. If you go back and you look at DK Metcalf's games where he, he had missed in the past, Tyler Lockett didn't have blow up games there either. I do think Marquise Goodwin is a guy that's going to step into a little more volume. And you talked about the last couple of weeks he's shown out this week. He had a really good game. Uh, and he's a guy that you can absolutely, he's mo even in dynasty leagues, that dude is probably on your waiver wire. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people were looking at him. Joshua Palmer is going to be more owned in those dynasty leagues right now. So I don't expect him to be super available in dynasty, but at least go check your waiver wires just to make sure. Cause I do think both of those guys are going to be pretty solid plays moving forward. And they just uh, came out with a compensation. It's conditional six. That could be a fifth. Um, it's in a, for some condition, probably X amount of playing time. So a six round pick. Kind of what we were thinking as far as like if they were going to even trade Antonio Gibson or, um, you know, if they if they were going to go for Kareem Hunt, like I don't think you were going to get you're not going to get CMC type of a value like that was a huge value. And yep. I put a video out on TikTok. You can follow me at Dynasty Dorks on TikTok explaining the trade value chart. If you go to drafttech.com and so what the 49ers traded to Carolina was the equivalent of pick 30. And so that's that's as of now. If the 49ers win games, that those picks go down because they've traded two, three, four, and a future five. Um, yep. So the future five, you can't really value. You say a mid fifth, but the second, the third, the fourth, you base on the current record. Um, they won this weekend, so those picks are going to go down a little bit. I think it's going to end up being like a, the equivalent of a high two, which is still pretty good considering it was running back on a high contract and his injury history. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into a few more of these injury calls before we move into our last segment. And I think I want to move to another running back. And, and really, this isn't an injury thing, but they did move the Baltimore Ravens did move J.K. Dobbins to IR. There was a lot of questions, a lot of blow up. Everybody went and threw all their money on Kenyon Drake after his big 
10 carry performance last week. Meanwhile, some of us managed to sneak under the radar and go get Gus Edwards for zero dollars. So we saw some of us had Gus Edwards on their IR already the whole time. <laughs> so, so Dave, just let's get a little bit of clarity around the situation. Can we expect this moving forward? Gus Edwards getting a yes. bulk of that work and Kenyon Drake falling into that backup role. Yes. And shout out to Jeff Zerbeck. Go and follow him. Um, Ian Rapsheet. And then I'm in cahoots with Rapsheet on this whole Pacheco thing. Like I feel like it was a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. He put something out said Pacheco is the starter. I put it on TikTok at 150,000 views. And this morning I got about 150,000 thank yous for telling them about Pacheco. Um, <laughs> but Zerbeck before the game started said, I said um, Edwards is running with the starters. We saw Drake was a healthy scratch two weeks ago. Like this is a 2020 situation where hindsight, hindsight's 2020. You could have been like, man, we, I, how did I fall for this? So I, I put Drake, I, I put Edwards in my lineup in, in a bunch of lineups. I had, I think yep. I had Edwards in six lineups yesterday. I had him in Kings. Um, and he was only projected to do 2.3 points. I was like, I don't care. I'm throwing yep. him in there. And I had to pull him out of the IR. I didn't want an illegal roster, even though they activated on game day. So I had to like make some moves. But yeah, Gus Edwards moving forward. And when Dobbins comes back, I think it'll be a split backfield. But Gus Edwards could easily be the lead. Dobbins, he just hasn't looked the same. Edwards looked really good. That he did, that he did, and unfortunately, it was against my Cleveland Browns in his his first game back. It was it was bad news bears for me, but he did look really good, and I I agree. He you can start with confidence for him. He is cut the, Drake. Let yep. it's, a, it's a landmine situation. If Gus goes down, let someone else deal with it. Like yep. don't mess with Drake. Yeah, absolutely. I I one hundred percent agree with that. All right, so I want to hit a couple more, or I want to hit one more, and then we'll move to a couple quarterbacks, and then we'll get into the next one. So the next one is going to be David Njoku, uh, another individual who was thought to suffer a high ankle sprain. Again, uh, x-rays came back negative on that. Uh, we saw Pharaoh Brown kind of be the primary benefactor in that offense. They also have Harrison Bryant on the roster, whom I'm really fond of. So Dave, are either of these guys interesting pickups and plays in Dynasty? We've seen the Cleveland Browns really use the tight end position here in the last three or four weeks, uh, even though, you know, in the past they really haven't. So outside of three three tight end blocking schemes. So uh, are you interested in Pharaoh Brown or Harrison Bryant? Well, and, and Pharaoh Brown, uh, he left the game with a, with a potential concussion. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he actually was diagnosed with a concussion, but uh, Harrison Bryant is is interesting in this this you know team that doesn't really have a, a secondary option. I know that Dobbin Peoples Jones looked pretty good yesterday, but it's been not like that all season. David Bell has not caught on to the offense, and they they utilize tight end quite a bit. It's built into their offense. So if you need just a stream start, I think Harrison Bryant could be that guy for you. Um, there's just not a lot of options out there. And if he gets that same role and the same target share that Najoku has, he should do similar work with it. Yeah, for me, it's definitely Harrison Bryant out of the two. And he's just more of an athletic tight end. He doesn't need to come off the field. He's a great blocker as well. So he's going to really slot right into that David Njoku role. And I think he's going to be the primary benefactor for the Cleveland Browns offense. Uh, I do think Donovan Peoples-Jones sees a little bit of an uptick as well. But uh, if I'm looking at a tight end and the need of a tight end because I lost David Njoku, I do think Harrison Bryant is going to be the primary benefactor in that offense. So, um, all right. Any other injuries? I'm going to group a couple quarterbacks together for us to talk about. But any other injuries that you want to talk through, Dave? Uh, Alan Lazard, I think, is worth talking about. Um you know, we, we're going to do the show on Thursday about the trade candidates. And, um, you know, Alan Lazard is, it was, it was like the, it was the Alan Lazard show. It's six targets in the first half, first half. So he's out. And then, you know, who's the red zone target. And, you know, so maybe we finally see Aaron Jones get the targets that we wanted, but I think Robert Tunyon is very interesting. And he's someone, if you're in need of a tight end, he's not going to cost you a whole lot that you can go trade for 
Um, and he, he might help you out down the stretch. He's someone coming off an ACL that's finally coming back to form. He had 10 targets a couple weeks ago. Yesterday, he was he was heavily targeted. Randall Cobb's out. Now Alan Lazard. Romeo Dobbs, I love, but or Romeo Dobbs, but he's dropping balls left and right. So unless they make a move for somebody, which you know they've been talked a lot about, like they do every year, but possibly a Chase Claypool or Brandon Cooks, ah, Jerry Judy. I mean, I don't know if any of those guys are going to end up over there. And so Robert Tunyon is there, and he's got the most trust of um, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Yeah, and I, I do think maybe they look to start to move towards Christian Watson a little bit. They did spend a very high draft pick on him, and I know he's been very underwhelming up to this point. But at some point, you got to give the kid a shot when you spend that high of a draft pick. And now might be the time, like you said, Randall Cobb out, Sammy Watkins out, Alan Lazard out. There is nobody else outside of Robert Tanya and Romeo Dobbs, so there there needs to be an opportunity for him. And I would like to see him capitalize. I don't know that he will because I wasn't a huge fan to begin with, but it is definitely a potential that the opportunity for Christian Watson and in fantasy football, it's all about opportunity. That opportunity may start to step up a little bit for him. The playing time may increase and he may get some more opportunities, which is a very nice thing for you. And just play that clip to your, the person you're selling Christian Watts to, um, because you can sell Christian Watson if he does have a good game. Um, or you can just play what Brad just did and just send him over there and say, you know, just uh, I'll, I'll take a first. It's fine. Yep. Opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about a couple quarterbacks, one of which is injury, one of which is just a straight injury bench, bench injury. Like, nah, it's a little he's, like he's benched. Uh, yeah. They the tried report, to play it like he the was. The reports hurt were very it, timely. <laughs> this morning, yeah. the report said that the scouts think that Matt Ryan's arm is shot. Yep. Four hours or six hours later, and I am in Indianapolis, so I'm sure everyone's going nuts. Matt Ryan was benched for Sam Ellinger, not for Nick Foles. Yep. Sam Ellinger, they're going to see what they got, and you know what this tells me? They're finally going to draft a quarterback. Yeah, what it tells me is they're doing what they did when they wanted to go get Andrew Luck. They're yep. tanking so that they can go get the number one pick at this point. That's that's how I'm reading into this. I hate it. It goes against every fiber of my being that the football team is clearly setting themselves up to be a top three pick at this point where they can go get one of those quarterbacks. Do you think Matt Ryan shot, or do you think that somebody might attempt, since Atlanta Falcons are paying almost all of his salary, he, he's very tradable right now. Do you think that anyone would trade for Matt Ryan right now? No, I just don't think there's a team out there that is close enough to where they think Matt Ryan. He hasn't put anything on tape this year that says this guy can help us win, right? I know he threw for almost 400 yards last week and a bunch of touchdowns and lit the world on fire, but that was the exception, not the rule of what Matt Ryan has been really over the last year and a half, if you go back to his 2021 season as well. So, no, I just I think he's stuck. I, I don't know that anybody uh, is going to take a shot at, you know, limp arm Matt Ryan. So, yeah. All right, so the other quarterback that I wanted to bring up was Ryan Tannehill, suffered an ankle injury. Uh, Not a lot of noise around it. We haven't heard he's going to miss any time. Uh, So where are you at with Ryan Tannehill? Is Malik Willis worth an ad in redraft leagues, or are you kind of shopping Malik Willis in Dynasty right now, just kind of feeling out some folks? Yeah, I mean, I I think you got a modern situation in your single quarterback leagues. You're not really concerned because Ryan Tannehill is not necessarily someone you're you're focusing on in, in single quarterback leagues, and Malik Willis definitely is not. But in super flex leagues, you got to consider picking him up. I mean, people were picking up Mark or Brett, not Mark Brett Rippin this weekend, so um, you're going to have to pick him up. And Malik Willis does have enough, you know, with his legs that he could be a, a decent fantasy option um, if he were to play and. We've seen quarterbacks miss with ankle injuries. I mean, Daniel Jones did not miss, but he was limited. Mac Jones missed a few weeks. He's back tonight, but, um, you know, you could Damn you, Mac Jones. I wanted more Bailey Zappi. I know. I know. I mean, the team needs to go make a move for Bailey Zappi. 
There you go. But, right? um, but That's yeah, the Patriot it, way right there. That Those backup quarterbacks always getting contracts somewhere and never really panning out. Just like, just like the Packers. They Remember the Packers? They draft a quarterback every other year. Aaron Brooks, Mark Brunel, Matt Hasselbeck. Yep. There's another one. And they got them all. They got they got they ended up getting drafting them for third or fourth round picks and getting second round, first round yep. picks for them. Some and of those guys thing. turned out pretty decent, though. The, Dang the good. Patriots, not really so, right? Jimmy G's the other closest thing, right? Uh, I mean, outside of that, I can remember Matt Castle, right? Led him to like a 12 and four season, went to Seattle and got, I think that was that Kansas the season City. that. That Russell uh, Wilson beat him out? No, that was Kansas City. Um, oh, was it? Russell Wilson got beat out some... by um, – can't think of the name right now, but I'll get it. Oh, why did, why did I think uh, – either way, we're, we're off track. All right, yeah, I agree. If, if somebody like Marcus Mariota can be fantasy relevant, then somebody like Malik Willis can be fantasy relevant. Somebody who doesn't have a great arm. Somebody, you know, I, Malik Willis has a rocket for an arm, but not that great of a passing quarterback, but he's got some legs that can move that can really do benefit for your fantasy roster. So I do think it's interesting, like you said, to kind of monitor that situation. And he may be a sneaky play, even in a one quarterback league when your bye weeks start to hit and that kind of thing, because he's got that rushing upside. All right. Any other injuries before we move on to the no, next one? And it was Matt Flynn, Super Bowl Matt champion. Matt Flynn, that's who it Super was. Super Bowl champion yeah. Matt Flynn, yeah, who Matt was Flynn. A, he went from the Packers to Seattle. Yeah, there you go. That's who I was thinking of. Matt Flynn, not Matt Castle. All right, so we're going to get into our Dynasty quarterback ranking segment, and that's going to be brought to you by No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in their pick'em contest versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, and select your pro- player props. Earn points for all your correct picks. Don't take minus points for all your incorrect picks. And watch yourself climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and a 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Here's how it works. So bet on up to five player prop over and unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, or NASCAR. So sign up now with our promo code SGPN. Again, that's SGPN at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app uh, on the App Store to get a first deposit match of up to $25. Also, make sure you check out No House Advantage today and experience the daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but it's also where you play, and you don't want to miss out on this all right let's go ahead what's so up i put i put out the superflex quarterback rankings in my article you can check it out sportsgunningpodcast.com and it's out there i put my top 24 on there so if they're not on the list you want to know where they're ranked you can't find my rankings on the website you can find it on, on, on fancy pros or just dm me and i'll let you know where they're at but um i got some pretty popular or pretty well-known big-name guys, not in my top 24. Ooh, not in the top 24. All right. Yeah, all so right. do you want me to go through my list, or you want to talk about your rankings? How, how would I do this? I want to take a guess at who those big names are outside of the top 24. I'm okay. going to go with, with two names to me. I think name number one is going to be Aaron Rodgers outside the top 24. Aaron Rodgers is inside the top 24. Ooh. He is 24, 23, 22, 21, 20. I also have him at 20, which I thought maybe was you just had him a little bit lower. And I'm going to go with the other one as Tom Brady outside the top 24. That's pretty easy, I feel like, in the grand scheme of things. But those are going to be the two names I had. Yeah, Tom Brady definitely is not on the list. Um, Matt Ryan was not on the list. Um, Daniel Jones is not on the list. Wow. Um, but you know, interesting. Uh, before yesterday, um, you know, he p- played pretty well. I still don't know what the the fantasy, you know, outlook is for him next year. But I, I, I think uh, you know, I could reconsider him over a few of these guys. But we'll go through the list, and people can tell me how wrong I am. 
All right. So let's just go with your, t- how about we go, we start in groups of five. So we'll start with your top five and I'll talk about any differences that I may have in, in short, and we'll just kind of progress through your top 20. All right. So I don't think there's too many surprises at the top. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow at number five. All right, so all of mine are the same with the exception of Joe Burrow. I actually have Jalen Hurts at five right now and Joe Burrow at number six. So not super far off, just a little bit of a difference between those top five. So so here, actually, like I had someone comment and they asked the, the first, well, you know, people do. They, they The quarterback that they like is, of course, his Avi was right. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is way too low. And I'm like, he's at eight. I like him. Mm-hmm. And so he said, yeah, but and he like had a bunch of like self answering questions. Right. Right. Uh, um, and so I said, all right. So last year he was the number, number, a, a top 12 quarterback every single game. Yep. Yet he finished QB eight, including guys that got hurt and missed games and guys that didn't finish top 12, half, you know, half the games. Right. Because he didn't have the same upside and everyone sees rushing and sees upside. He threw 16 touchdowns last year. Yep. He had 26 combined touchdowns and almost 4,000 combined yards. The other guys had like Josh Allen had over 5,000 or 5,500 yards. Justin Herbert had about 5,000 combined yards or a little bit more than that. Patrick Mahomes had more than that. Joe Burrow had 5,000 passing. Um, yep. Tom Brady had about 5,000 passing. And so, you know what? How many touchdowns Jalen Hurts has this year? Passing. Six or seven? Six. So he's yep. on pace for 16 touchdowns this year. Or 17. <laughs> 17. And the, the passing volume's a little little up. So no. um, he's uh, I, put, I put his pace. He's on pace for 17 touchdowns and 4,289 um, passing yards. And 830 rushing yards. We'll put him right around 5,000 total. But unless he gets 10 rushing touchdowns again, he's still going to finish outside top eight. I mean, he has six, five or six rushing touchdowns already. So that's feasible. feasible. Yeah, I think the the other thing to think about is their, their opening schedule has been cake. Right? They haven't really been in games where they've needed to really throw the ball a lot. Um, so I, 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 was it the Washington game that he had a really big passing game and that's, you know, I don't want to write off divisional games, but you just never know with divisional games. Right. But you got to think with that schedule coming up, it's going to get a little bit tougher. It's not going to be as easy. Maybe they are forced to pass a little bit more forced to utilize AJ Brown. And you see those numbers start to creep up, but I, I definitely can't argue with, a you know, if he was outside your top 10, then I could see the argument of, well, you're way too low on, on Jalen Hurts. But who? my question back to this individual would have been, well, who do you have below him? Oh, no, that, that was my question. I said, appreciate right. the response. Please let me see your list. Yeah. And then I, I gave him the, you know, in doing my research, this is what I've seen. And, you know, you, you need to have, like, last year, everybody in the top seven had 33-plus touchdowns passing. Yep. That was double what Jalen Hurts had. And so if you're in a six point passing that really hurts hurts, but if you're in a four point passing touchdown and a six point rushing touchdown, that kind of even things up a little bit. Right. But when you're talking about double the passing touchdowns, that's a big deal. And you're adding a thousand passing yards more. Yep. And yep. so that's, that's the difference. Um, my number six is, is uh, Deshaun Watson. I, I, I thought people might be a little upset with that because it is pretty high. But I thought you'd be right there with me because I have him at seven. I have, yep. I have Trevor Lawrence at seven. I have Jalen Hurts at eight. Kyler Murray at nine. Dak Prescott at ten. So we're we are super close to everything. I feel like the only one that is missing. I've got Trevor Lawrence in my top ten, and I didn't hear you say his name. Yeah, I have Trevor Lawrence at, at seven. 
Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Then our top 10 is the exact same top 10, just a little mix. So I had Joe Burrow at six instead of five. I had Hertz at five instead of eight. I had Watson at seven, um, Kyler Murray at eight. So, so we're, I mean, we're pretty close, right? This, and that's good, right? That's pretty consistent when you're looking at dynasty rankings. So I mean, didn't even talk about it before the show. Are you a uh, li- yeah right? Are you a little worried about Kyler Murray? There's been there's been yes. some talk lately, and I, I've been contemplating, and I've got it written down on my list of things to do this week to really go and watch Kyler Murray. I've got NFL Plus, so I'm going to go watch those games to see if he warrants moving down in my rankings, or if it's more of an offensive philosophy kind of thing right now. So. If you remember talking about it this offseason, I was not. I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan. Yep. Um, I put in here that, you know, the big contract bringing over Marquise, you know, Marquise Brown says how invested ownership is in him. But Cliff Kingsbury is likely to be out of his job here soon. Their defense is terrible. He's an off. He's supposed to be this offensive guru. The offense looks like they've been figured out. And I've that their offense, the way they play very much like Chip Kelly puts a lot of stress on the defense where they're the fast pace of play. They're just they're They are really putting the, the defense in a bind and Kyler Murray. Just, he hasn't figured out how to read NFL defenses before the snap. After the snap, he does a lot of amazing things, but there's some pre-snap stuff that you can see when you watch him play where he's not recognizing where the blitz is coming from. Yep. He's not recognizing certain things and those are things that are going to like that's going to make or break your your third downs and some of those those key moments and and you know he's just he's not doing it and we're seeing it on a weekly basis this week was a get right game with deandre hopkins back and we'll see how that continues but deandre hopkins he's 30 years old he's he's not gonna you know this isn't gonna last forever um i am worried about him and then dak at 29 years old wasn't super worried. I do like the situation, but there's some guys behind him that I did consider putting above him. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite ready to move him down, but I can definitely see by the end of the season Dak being outside of my top 10. Um, I still have some faith in him. I'm not going to read into this first game back. Um, and, and just not ready for that. Right. That, that, those hand things are tough to come back from. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to give him a few weeks and see how it plays out. Uh, but I'm not ready to move him out of the top 10. That, that's sure. always, he's, gotta... he's always struggled when Tyron Smith's been out. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. And he's out the whole season. Yep. So. That'll we'll be interesting. See. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, that'll be interesting. All right, let's look at 11 through 15. I got Tua, Trey Lance, your boy, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, and Russell Wilson as my 15. All right, so now we're now we're way we're starting to to diverge a little bit, which kind of makes sense, right? Because now I, you're going to be looking at at guys you like and this and that, right? So, yeah, so let's look I did. At the, I think you're gonna. I think I know who you're gonna want in here and who I thought about, and we'll see what you say. But uh, there is a, a a younger quarterback that I thought I'd put in this list because these guys that I listed, the last three that I listed, are all 33. Yep. All right, let's get to this real quick question before the game kicks off by Bap Jap. who says, hey, look, man, I'm up 11. My owner has David Montgomery. Am I going to squeeze out that victory tonight? And I'm gonna, I'm here to I'll, – I'll be the bad guy first. I just don't think so, right? We talked about the weather at the beginning of the show. I think they're going to be looking to feed him the ball a little bit. He's going to end up with some catches as well. And I think he's going to end up with that 11 fairly easily tonight. Dave, where are you at with this one? Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. I think, you, I think you're going to lose this one. But I will say if you're in a .5 PPR, it helps you. Maybe, yeah. Um, because maybe Justin Fields or Khalil Herbert steal some touchdowns. And, you know, if he gets, you know, 20 carries for 60 yards, you're going to win. But if he gets twenty carry, you know, twenty carries, sixty yards, and a touchdown, that's twelve yep. points, and you lose. Yeah. So, the other, the other hope is that New England gets a big lead early, right? If New England can manage to get that lead early, Montgomery may not see those twenty carries, right? He may see twelve carries. 
and because of the win, maybe he doesn't see as many targets, right? Because now they're not throwing the ball as much. So, so the possibilities out there, but 11 points is not very much for a primary running back. That's also involved in the passing game. So that's, that's going to be a tough one. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to drink a bourbon for you, Bab Jap. I'm, I'm hoping that it, it works out for you tonight. I'll keep my fingers crossed, bud. Yeah, I, I needed I needed less than that, I think eight points from uh, Deontay Johnson or no six points from Deontay Johnson. He got ten. Yep, yep. All right. So a couple guys that are common in my top fifth in my eleven to fifteen is yours are Russell Wilson and Derek Carr. That's it. Those are the only ones we have that are common. The other three, I've got Trey Lance down at seventeen. I've got Kirk Cousins at nineteen. I just can't get past the age right now, and I know you've got one more season with him, but I just can't. I can't give up some of these younger guys for Kirk Cousins right now if I'm in a dynasty mindset. Um, then I've got Tua at thirteen. I just think he's played too well up to this point. I have now, Tua. My Tua at big- eleven. Oh, did you? Okay, I missed two. Then we've got three matched. Yeah, the one thing that worries me about two is every time you watch him throw that deep ball, he underthrows every single one of them. And Tyree Killer, Jalen Water, just good enough to come back and get them right. So, so that does worry me just a little bit about Tua. But uh, then, then fourteen and fifteen. 14 is Kenny Pickett. I I really do have a fondness for Kenny Pickett. Um, I do think he's going to be a solid starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the foreseeable future. And that that just builds that solid floor for me to put him in that 15-ish range right now. Could he drop one or two if Trey Lance comes back in? Absolutely. But, you know, I, I see him for basically his career being in that 14 to 17 range, right, That that type of style. Um, and then 15, I have not moved off the rock yet. I just think he's too good of a talent to not right the ship. And that is Matthew Stafford, quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, coming in at number 15 for me. And that's low. I, I've moved him down just progressively throughout the season because I had him in the top 10, and he's just slowly kind of trickled down because that offensive line is bad. Their running game is bad. He's not doing anything outside of just hyper-targeting Cooper Cup, and that's not going to help that offense when the offensive line is as bad as it is. So I hope they can figure that out, get some protection schemes going, get him to start to look elsewhere. I think when Van Jefferson comes back, that's going to be a huge help to Matthew Stafford as well. Um, But I I can't – he's close, but he's not quite out of my top 15 just yet. Yeah, I thought I'd put and pick it up there. I knew that's where we're gonna go. We've talked about Pickett, and you've been you've been super high on him, and you've also been super yep. low on Trey Lance. So no surprises there. Um, I do have Pickett at seventeen and Matthew Stafford at sixteen. Okay. So um, not not too far off. And in all honesty, and you know, I like I just got rid of um, Russell Wilson. Yep. I'm I'm like I'm pretty pretty low. I'm pretty down on Russell Wilson right now. Um, not just, not uh, just everything. The whole Broncos situation just looks really bad. Like to go all in. And now they're talking about like possibly trading Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson's, you know, he might be back this week, but he's hurt. This is what like was a big oof moment. When Russell Wilson was announced out and Brett Rippon was announced in Cortland Sutton's projection went up. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. It is bad. And the Broncos <laughs> have not only been bad, but they've been bad on primetime games. And they have another yep. one coming up soon, I think, against the Patriots. So I'm just – I'm out on, on, on Russell Wilson. I probably would have moved Kenny Pickett above both just because of the age. I like his confidence. I like the way he he's pretty quick to, quick decision-making. I know that he had the three turnovers, but the three turnovers were in a comeback game. He came in at halftime, was like, go out there and just, you know, sling it. Um, the next game, he, you know, he threw for 300 yards in his first start. You know, like he's I, I like I like Pickett, but I just don't think he's gonna have like a, the upside. I know he doesn't have right. a bottom yep. before that, like a Trey Lance, but the upside is just maybe not maybe not there. Um, Justin Fields, I have at at 18, and I'm you know we know I'm not the biggest Justin Fields fan, but we'll we'll see. Um, Zach Wilson at 19, and I told you before I have Aaron Rodgers at 20. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it gets, it gets pretty murky after, um, like, honestly, I don't really like a lot of people after Kenny Pickett. 
Yeah, the top 15, it, that that's basically where it's at. Maybe there's one or two differences between who you have in the top 15 and you don't. But after that, it really is just a crapshoot. And, you know, where I've got Trey Lance at 16, but then I've got Daniel Jones. I still believe Jared Goff is going to be the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions moving forward. So I've got him at 18. Kirk Cousins, 19. Aaron Rodgers, 20. Then Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields at 24. So you think you're low on Justin Fields. I am. I don't want anything to do with him right now. I just think the writing is on the wall that he's just – he won't even be the starting quarterback for that team next year. Like, I, I just think that's a true possibility. And at that point, I don't want the the upside of a backup rushing quarterback necessarily. So uh, I have 21 Mac Jones, 22 Jared Goff, 23 Ryan Tannehill, 24 Geno Smith. And so I am slowly becoming the biggest uh, Geno Smith fan here at SGPN. Um, And I could have moved him up. Um, Geno is playing absolutely out of his mind. And he's 32 years old. He's younger than Matthew Stafford. He's younger than Kirk Cousins. He's younger than Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan, all these other guys that, you know, 32 years old is not very old. Nope. And so the the way the Seahawks are playing, he could be playing himself into a short-term deal. But I said it last week, I would not be surprised if one of these teams gives Geno a, 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 sh- a small contract, kind of like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater got a couple of years ago with Miami. Or, you know, you could even see just a one-year prove-it deal. Yep. See how somebody, you know, like, Somebody's going to give G- the way Gino's playing. You have to like he is definitely playing as a a top half of the league quarterback, and he doesn't have the best offensive line. He's got some good weapons and a good running game, but he's he's playing well, and it's been pretty consistent every week. He's continued to lead the league in completion percentage. So I mean, every week so. he does better. I just get more and more confident in him. And like I said, I just traded I traded two thirds for him recently. And I know that that person thought, you know, Geno's, this is a one-year deal. I I was buying, thinking, like, I just got Geno Smith for, for two-thirds. I could sell him for a second next year. Like, he's going to be a starting quarterback, and I can sell him for a second next year or just keep him on my roster. And he is outplaying every single one of the guys that I mentioned, the top 24 minus yep. the top seven or eight guys. Right. Yeah. He's top yeah, it's, five it's, quarterback. It is definitely plausible that he is playing himself into a spot with the Washington Commanders if they end up without a high draft pick or some of these other teams that, you know, Indianapolis Colts, if they manage to pull out some wins, which I can't see happening now with Sam Ellinger, but, you know. But, but Gino in Tampa. Yep. Yeah, we talked about Tampa, right? With even the roster moving into next season, they still have kind of a win-now roster built with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, the defensive guys that they've played. So, And Geno with his legs, may he may be a better I mean, option than Tom Brady in that offense right now. The Broncos are wishing that they would have traded for Geno <laughs> for two third-round picks instead of Russell Wilson for oh, the farm. Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm beginning to wonder, though, if Nathaniel, like the play calling is the issue in Denver right now. I I think it's it's not. It is a part of it. But I mean, that KJ Hamler play, I know it's one play. Yeah. But Russell Wilson was literally like just stuck on Jerry Judy. And the defense was all on Jerry Judy. And KJ Hamler's just like. Yeah. And Look he's at doing me. jumping jacks in the end zone. And yeah. then he took his hat, I took his hat off and slammed it down. I mean, he was pissed. Yep. But like yep. that right there, the reaction tells me there's a problem. Yeah. That reaction does not happen if the locker room is straight. Like if the lock like that, that 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 is a frustrated locker room. And he was directing that at Russell Wilson. That's that right there yeah. for me. You know, we saw like the you've seen the memes with Melvin Gordon looking at him and he's sucking oh, yeah. on the, the yeah. bottle. Yeah. I mean, there's just and then Kyle Brandt came out, and Kyle Brandt is one of my favorite people, and he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. And he said Russell Wilson is a poser. He is a mm. straight up he was he did not mix words. And it was it was very telling. And then mm. Richard Sherman is talking about him, Martian Lynch, and all these guys are basically talking about how this guy is just He's just a—he's not a good locker room guy as he looks to be. 
Yeah. And so I yeah. put a, I put a, a funny video on TikTok where it's like, you know, him doing the fake huddle, the ghost huddle, him he's doing a walkout and he was practicing high fives. Uh, I'm like, red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> when he called himself Mr. Unlimited, I should not have drafted him. Unlimited. You know? Yeah. So I just, again, I, I do, I do have Russell Wilson at 15. Uh, so I may be not as out as I say I am, but I just, I'm just pretty, you know, frustrated with them. And like I said, Geno Smith's playing really, really well. 24 could be low. Yep. Yeah. And I, I've got him at 26 right now, just below Jimmy Garoppolo. And that that needs to change, right? He needs to be ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo. He needs to be ahead of Justin Fields now. Uh, so there's some guys that, that are going to de- need a little bit of a rankings adjustment. But look, we are at 59 minutes the Monday night football game between the Bears and the Patriots have already kicked off, so we're going to get you out of here. Thank you for joining the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you give us a like and a subscribe on YouTube. And look, check us out on Twitter. I am at FF Bourbon Dude. He is at Dynasty Dorks. And as always, cheers. Good luck this season. 